Hi, and thank you for joining us for In All Things, a weekly podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, State Clerk of the EPC. We pray that God uses Dean and his guests to inform and inspire you about the EPC and how God is working in and through our global movement of Evangelical Presbyterian Churches. The motto of our family of congregations is, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean. And thank you so much, Rachel Joseph, again, for your introduction. Grateful for you, as always, and for all of you who are listening in to another edition of In All Things, a podcast for the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. But we're not limited to the EPC. We're grateful for all of you who listen in all over the world. In fact, we have over 45 countries weighing in on a regular weekly basis who are listening into these conversations because we're, the conversations for the EPC, we think, are conversations about the kingdom of God. And there are people listening in in a lot of different places, even inside and outside the EPC, to be a part of that. And for you making the time to be with us, whether it's on your commute to work or sitting down with a good cup of coffee first thing in the morning, we're grateful. Grateful for the time that you spent with us and the time that you spend sharing this with others. Of course, as a pretty low-cost group, we depend on word of mouth. And closing in on 25,000 downloads we've had in the last two years is only because you have shared that with other people. So if you can like us on social, share this with your friends, get this out to your members of your church or small group, we always appreciate that good word because that's the only way this conversation extends beyond a small group of us. Uh, the conversation we're having today is an in-house conversation that has external implications that are huge, uh, as big as the kingdom itself. We're grateful to be joined today by Jen Burkhalter, who works with the Coalition for Christian Outreach, the CCO. And Jen, your position now, are you partnership coordinator? How, what, what What's the title we're working with these days? Yeah, these days I am the National Director for Strategic Partnerships. So Wow, that's a mouthful. That National Director for Strategic Partnerships. Not any kind of partnerships, but only the strategic ones. That's right. That's so why we're somebody, talking to you. Somebody who deals with the non-strategic ones, you just deal with the strategic ones. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I'm glad to be in that category. That's awesome. And uh, we're also joined by another dear friend, Josh Brown. Josh is the lead pastor at Belfield EPC Church in the Oakland section of Pittsburgh, right on the heart of Pitt's campus, University of Pittsburgh, not far from CMU and Chatham and Carlo, a bunch of others. It's the part of Pittsburgh that never sleeps, just filled with 100,000 college students all over the place. And Josh has a lot of experience in working with the CCO and in doing college ministry. So Josh and Jen, welcome to In All Things. Thanks. Thanks, Dean. Glad to be with you. Well, it's great having both of you here and great to share your experiences with our larger audience. And today's episode of In All Things is sponsored by none other than the CCO, the Coalition for Christian Outreach is a campus ministry organization endorsed by the EPC. Unlike some other denominations that may have their own campus ministry organization, the EPC is a missional church, which means our resources are pretty lean. Uh, we don't go out and create our own publishing house, colleges, seminaries, camps. Rather, we work with partners who have a similar worldview values, and desire to see the gospel go out to the ends of the earth. 
and the CCO, I would tell you if the EPC were to ever create a campus ministry, it would look almost identical uh, to the CCO. It's a great fit, a historic fit, and we're super grateful for the work of the CCO, which is on many of our church campuses all across the United States. And one of the things I love about the CCO, and perhaps Josh will speak to this a little bit later on, is the CCO has a developed ecclesiology. They're very particular about their relationship to the local church. So we may dig down on that in a few seconds. But we are in a, a, a series of a couple of podcasts, Jen, that are promoting the Jubilee Conference, which is coming up here, I believe, from the day this will drop in about two weeks. And we've had conversations with Darren Grove about Jubilee Pro. We've had some conversations with Joe Broad and one of his students about just the conference and the CCO in general. But I'd love for you to remind our audience, if they haven't been tuning in the last couple of weeks, what is the Jubilee Conference? Let's just start with that as kind of a high-level thing before we get into some other stuff. Great. Thanks. Jubilee Conference is CCO's conference that happens every February, and we bring students from all of our ministries as well as beyond our ministries from across the country to Pittsburgh. And it is beautiful, I'm just going to say, in Pittsburgh in February, so you don't want to miss it. We have a beautiful city, <laughs> even in the winter. So, um, No, you have conference. the spiritual gift of sarcasm. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, no, I love winter, so I, I'm not all sarcastic. Okay. I'm trying to right. woo Florida people there. But yeah, so Jubilee Conference is geared toward college students in casting a vision for what it means to serve Christ with your entire life. So we want to share the gospel story from creation, fall, redemption, restoration through our main sessions. And then we want to have our conference be a discipleship opportunity of saying, indeed, Jesus changes everything. So if this story, which we believe is true, the story of the gospel, the story of scripture, the story of Christ's redemption, how does that play out in how you're living out your academics, how you're going to live out your life and your career and your family and your community. So breakout sessions are really hosted by a bunch of people living their lives as faithful Christians in the world. So we want to say, how does Jesus change everything and cast a vision for students to live out that discipleship in every area of their life? So that's what Jubilee is. But Jubilee is also, once you graduate, you're living into that. So we also have Jubilee Professional, which Darren spoke about, where we want to continue to equip and disciple the church for living out the kingdom mission in every area of life. So Jubilee Professional pairs up with that for graduates, alumni, professionals, as you're living out your faith beyond college as well. So that's what Jubilee Conference is. And there will be a lot of other people there because a lot of the partner churches, churches that have partnered with the CCO to do campus ministry, will have people there, elders, pastors, leaders, to kind of take that in themselves. And Josh, you have been to Jubilee many, many times. Could you give us a little bit of your experience going back to being a student? My experience with Jubilee goes back uh, even further, uh, just personally. I, I grew up in the city of Pittsburgh, and uh, I was at a church that was a little ways out in the suburbs. But there, the final Sunday session of Jubilee, the main talk is usually on the idea of God's restoration of all things in Christ. It's a big send-off, closing, just great worship service. And it's open to a lot of folks. So I can even remember a couple times in high school 
my youth leader bringing some of our, our youth group out there for the Sunday closing service. And and I didn't really have a fully formed vision yet of vocational discipleship or anything like that. I was uh, 17, 18 years old, but just getting that sense of getting getting even to be a part of a couple thousand college students worshiping and, and seeing that was exciting. And then being able to be a part of a church that partners with the CCO and remain involved in that has been fantastic. So we do have a, a large number of our people that are down there throughout that entire weekend. Students, former students, alumni, as you said, Dean, our elders, our, our deacons, some of our staff are down there. I've had an opportunity to speak and lead some of those breakout sessions Jen has mentioned a few times. And it, it's just a great weekend for the church to be involved in that. And uh, it's a way that we can just support the students to really capture that vision that the CCO has been casting for them. So if you are a EPC pastor or an elder of an EPC church anywhere in the country listening in, and you have a college, community college, junior college, state college, university, whatever, in your radius, in your sphere of influence, and you are thinking about the possibility of exploring college ministry, this would be kind of a good thing to go and check out. Is that right? Absolutely. And we invite anyone, especially EPC to join, to just learn more about who is the CCO and what is this opportunity and resource for our 18 to 25 year olds or above even, I wouldn't even limit it at that, but college and young adults is the the target audience. They're saying like, how am I as a pastor equipping this age group in partnering, like you're saying, is part of the missional engagement of the EPC. I want to partner and not just recreate a conference myself, but go somewhere that's aligned theologically and casting the same vision I'm trying to cast in my church for that demographic. Come and check it out and say, I want to see what's happening here as well as how could this be a resource to further the discipleship of, of my congregation or my missional engagement in the community. So Jen, I'd like to dig down on that just a little deeper, mm -hmm. right? Your husband, Ben, is an EPC pastor, as is Josh. And you've served on the EPC's Next Generation Council. So you guys are super invested in the life of the EPC. And you've worked with, uh, as the, uh, you know, I was teasing you earlier, but as the direct, National Director of Strategic Partnerships, you work a lot with churches in terms of how to reach that demographic. Why is that so important? Our upcoming General Assembly is going to focus on next generation. Why is that so exceptionally important? important? What is it about the college experience, the, the that stage of faith development that's so crucial? Why should a church, as it's thinking about not just missions, right, and, and throwing out money, but talking about like really making an impact that's going to have a downstream legacy? Why is it so strategic? Thanks, Dean. Yeah, I agree. I love the church and I, looking out with all of you, over the landscape of the next generation of the church have to be a little sober-minded. The book that I read last week called The Great Dechurching just came out. If you haven't read it, I recommend reading it. We're reading that kind of stuff at CCO to look at what what's the landscape of the future of the church among the next generation. And they are the least likely generation to even be raised in the church. So we really need to be looking that as church leaders and people who are investing in the future of the church, looking at this age demographic, because it's probably the most underrepresented age demographic in all of our churches, even if we're doing really strategic effort to reach them. 
And then an encouraging note of why this is so important from de-churching, I'll read it to you. It's worth noting that those who are involved in a campus ministry during their college years are more than three times more likely to stay in the church after college. Wow. And that is 2023 research. Like I read that as a professional in this work and was super encouraged, but actually surprised too, you know? So we're, we're doing this work and we're investing in it with you as a parachurch ministry with the church saying, we are doing Jubilee. We are discipling students and reaching out to students who don't yet know Jesus on a campus because we believe they're the future of the church. And if we're not going out and finding them, they aren't coming to us. And so it really is a missional opportunity for our churches to reach out to this age demographic, whether they're enrolled in college or not, because we're seeing also a rise in students doing gap years or trade schools or not the traditional college route is on the rise of trends. So we want to be reaching out to this age demographic, college students, but beyond that even. And we want to do that for the sake of them and their lives being transformed by Christ and to be invested as the next generation of leaders in our churches. And if we're not going to them and investing heavily in that, we're missing the opportunity to have them yeah, be three times more likely to be engaged with our churches if we're doing this kind of work. That's huge. You'll be glad to know that Jim Davis, who's one of the authors of that book, who's a local Orlando pastor from where I am sitting here, is actually going to be one of our speakers at General Assembly this summer and going to be addressing Mm -hmm. that in our Effective Biblical Leadership session. And some of Ryan Burgess, he's widely respected in terms of kind of the, the, the kind of data and polling he's able to pull together. One of the most respected sociologist data polling things. The the data is overwhelming. It's important. And I think we have to get comfortable with the idea that the data is our friend. And the thing I like about the book is it actually gives some real constructives along those lines. So like the one that you mentioned, but two of the positive examples they point out in that book are actually the EPC churches, which is kind of cool too. So Josh, let me switch a little bit, staying on the topic of strategic but I want to talk about how the church is strategic. Could you unpack the CCO's ecclesiology a little bit? Like, why does the CCO have the view it has of the local church? And how does that important for you as a pastor of a local church in a campus community? I think that's one of the the things that I appreciate about the CCO the most. There, there's a number of things. The theology is a great fit with the EPC. I think we we fit very well with just a reformational worldview. So there's a good fit there. I don't feel like we've got to be constantly screening one another on some of the theological stuff that we're talking about. So that that's a good thing. But it's the ecclesiology piece, Dean, you're right, that I think is very unique with the CCO and is something that the church should really celebrate. Uh, there are a lot of campus ministries out there that that do very, very good work, but really, I mean, we call them parachurch ministries, and they are that in every sense of the word. They exist alongside and, and in most ways disconnected from the local church. And the CCO from its beginning has said, we want to do ministry within the context of the local church. The church that I'm at, Belfield, has worked with the CCO for over 50 years, uh, one of the very first partnerships. Uh, there We are, as you mentioned at the beginning, there's about five college campuses that are right around us here in different ways. We're in the middle of the University of Pittsburgh, but there's others there. So college ministry is is an obvious fit for us, but doing it in the context of the local church is the distinctive. And what I mean by that is that the CCO wants to reach campus students to, to get to know them, to get connected with them, but then to get them involved in a local church, because that's what life is going to be like once they graduate. 
sometimes an, an accidental or inadvertent result of some church campus church ministry models is that when students graduate, they think, well, I, I don't know where to go. There's not a college campus fellowship group anymore. And, and what's it? I don't know what it looks like to be a part of an intergenerational church and, and plugged in in that way. And if you have some experience with that, I think that makes that transition a lot, a lot easier, a lot more viable. Maybe that, maybe that's one of the elements in that three to one, three times more likely component that Jen was talking about there. But practically what that means, I realize we're talking about this kind of conceptually. Practically, our CCO staff then are also on staff at our church and the ministries that they run, some of them are on campus. There's Bible studies they run on campus. Many of them are in our church, but they are inviting students to participate in our Sunday morning services, of course, to be involved at different levels of things. All of our different ministry teams, we make it a goal to have at least a student represented in, in there in some capacity to get them plugged into just all the different levels of the church for all kinds of reasons. I mean, they belong there. That's where they should be. But then also we want them there. And then when they get out of college, we want them to feel like, I know what it's like to be a part of a church. And the CCO does that in a way that I don't see replicated in other campus ministries. And because it's been one of their commitments from the very beginning, it's just it's just a part of who they are. So Josh, I'd like to double down on that a little bit because we've talked about the advantage to the student, mm -hmm. right? If we talk about, and I always look back on David Kinnaman's book, The Faith for Exiles, when he talks about the five different things that are necessary for that small percentage that's that stuck with the faith through their college years. And the one was this idea of holistic discipleship that had an, a theology that could hold faith and work together and how they actually integrate. That's the CCO's bread and butter. So we've talked about that. We've talked about how it benefits the student. But I'd love to hear, Josh, your perspective on what a blessing it is to Belfield to have college students. Like, how does it bless the church to be involved in a campus ministry? Because while it is outward facing and it, it's a it's a care and love for that generation, that comes back to the church as a blessing too, doesn't it? It does, of course. Uh, I mean, one, it's just, it's great to have college students around. There's a certain youth and <laughs> vitality, of course, that kind of comes along with some of that stuff. People enjoy that, but you get to, we get to meet all kinds of just amazing people from all over the place. You get to meet people that maybe run in some different demographic bubbles than you do. So that's always a good thing, I think, in just getting to know one another on a deeper level. When I say we try to have them involved, I mean, we really mean that, not, not just kind of in, in token ways where uh, maybe we do like a university Sunday where they lead stuff, although we do that. We have one of those and that's always a lot of fun. But more than that, we want them regularly participating in things that we want to be discipling them and show them that we want them to be a part of what we are doing as a church. And that is something that then a lot of them really get formed in some pretty significant ways by that. So something that I've just been encouraged about to see over the years is the number of alumni who graduate from one of the universities that we work with. And maybe they get a job in the greater Pittsburgh area and, and we are not the closest church to them. And yet they make a point to stay connected there because they say this place really nurtured and discipled me during my really formative time in school. And so I want to be a part of helping somebody else do that. And, and you start to just get a bit of a generational impact then that you can see from some of that stuff. And, and I get to overhear conversations a lot where somebody's talking to a student and they say, oh, you know, I, I was in the CCO ministry 30 years ago. And they start to exchange some stories. There's some great stuff being told there. But that's, I think, great for both sides of that conversation. I think it's great for the alumni, however <laughs> however many years they've been out, to, to see that God is still doing work in the lives of the college students, to see that there are still 
really profound ways that Christ is transforming lives. And I think it's great for the students to say, wow, you were really impacted by this and it's something that stuck and, and it is something that really did change your life. And I, that's, I find that really encouraging for me as I'm looking forward for what God might be asking me to do with my life. So it, it shows itself in all kinds of ways, Dean. And I think that it just seeing the way that it is just a part of who the CCO is, again, I, I really mean that, that is we, we do campus ministry with local churches. We work with them. We do ministry in the context of the local church, but we're going to give them some of the resources and tools and even personnel that they won't have maybe on their own so that we can do this work together. Yeah, you, you've actually pointed us, Josh, to our General Assembly this summer, which is entitled Next, is based on 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 2. And what you just described, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to faithful people who will teach others also. That's that, that generational, and that's actually one of the top five that, that Kinnaman points out again in Faith for Exiles, is the intergenerational fellowship um, and their willingness to come back and say, people poured into me, I want to be in a place where we pour into others. And the, the short phrase I use for that is disciples who make disciples who make disciples. It, mm-hmm. It's a generational thing. And who's up next? And and I think you guys are, are pointing that out and doing that. Jen, how about as we switch back to Jubilee then, what's the theme of the conference this year? And if someone were to come, uh, beside the the creation, fall, redemption, restoration kind of plenaries and some of these breakout sessions, what else might they find? What what would they experience? What's the theme, and what would they experience when they when they came? Yeah, this changes everything. So um, Jesus changes everything. We have a variation on the same theme every year because the CCO's mission is to transform college students to transform the world, and we believe. Christ is transforming each one of us, and he invites us to participate in his transformative work. So that's the theme of the conference is this changes everything. Jesus changes everything. When you come in the doors, the gospel is on display. We hope that you are welcomed with hospitality of Jesus, no matter who you are. Sure, our conference is focused on college students, but if you are coming in as a congregant or a pastor, that is maybe wondering if you belong because you're older, you will be welcomed because we do believe in, like we've been talking about, the intergenerational representation of the church. So you're going to see that even on display at Jubilee. You're going to see the main stage talks are all around the biblical story, which we believe is the biblical gospel of creation, being created in the image of God. And that's really a struggle of students is finding their identity. Where is my identity? Is it up to me to create or is my identity uh, secure? And what's it secure in? And we want them to know it's secure and being created in the image of God. And then why is my life broken is really the the next stage you're going to walk into. And we tell the truth about sin and uh, the impact of the fall on the brokenness for individuals, the brokenness for our our culture and our, our communal life in the world and the implications of the fall in every area of life. But we don't leave you there. The third session is always on redemption and just um, what Christ has done on our behalf and putting Christ on display with the gospel and saying he doesn't leave us in our sin, but redeems us in Christ. And then how, like Josh said, Sunday is is really the send off in the hope of restoration. 
that we're not just redeemed by Jesus for some eternity someday, but that transformation begins today in Christ and how is he inviting us to participate in his restorative work. So your experience of the conference should be the experience of engaging with that gospel story and meeting great people along the way. There's a bookstore there you've mentioned, Byron, before, Hearts and Minds Bookstore. So we really believe in thinking deeply about the faith in every area of life. So all breakout sessions in the bookstore are major resources on how do I really think deeply about being an accountant for the glory of God. If I'm going to be a physician or if I'm going to be a teacher, how am I thinking about education and how is God at work restoring education? How is God at work restoring the medical field? Whatever it is that these students are studying, we try to, to get the whole array. We call students into vocational ministry too, opportunities to cast a vision for what it means to serve Christ in the church vocationally. So those are the breakout sessions. So honestly, our biggest goal is that Christ would be glorified, that his story would be on display and his glory would be on display. And then how that changes our lives is all the breakout sessions and networking and resource material that you'll find. There's also exhibitors. So missions agencies, camps, other universities or grad schools or programs or Compassion International is often there. How is God at work globally? So we want to be inviting exhibitors that are coming and sharing about how God's at work in other pockets of the world and other ministries as well. So that's what you'll get at Jubilee. And some amazing, Josh pointed to it earlier, worship. Uh, yeah. I feel like I'm stepping into Revelation 7-9 when I'm worshiping at the Jubilee Conference. It's uh, And it's just fun. Yeah. Gospel ought to be fun, and it certainly is. It's serious, thoughtful, right. deep, but it's also just beautifully fun. So Josh, any last minute encouragement? Someone sitting on the fence. Why should I spend the time? Why should I go to Pittsburgh in the winter? Uh, why should I spend the money? Any good last minute encouragements as to why people should go to the conference? I think Jen, Jen mentioned it earlier, but if you are a church, if you're a part of a church that is anywhere near any kind of campus ministry context and, and even some maybe non-traditional campus ministry. So I think it was mentioned, whether that's community colleges or vocational schools or trade schools or anything like that. And there's a way that your church might cross paths with some folks who are involved in that. It's worth, I think, coming to check it out. And there is a, there's a whole set of events on Saturday that they do for partnering churches and, and potential partners. Where, where they can come and just hear a little bit more about that and, and what that's like and talk to other churches who are doing some of this work. So you can get some real firsthand information about that and, and hear from some of that. It's always a good chance for sharing best practices and looking at that. And it, it does give you a great sense of, of who the CCO is. I, I mean, it, we're obviously here to, to talk it up. And if you have any still questions about it, just come and check it out. It's always a good way to do that. But yeah, Pittsburgh in the wintertime. Hey, I, I'm a fifth generation Pittsburgher, so I'm uh, accustomed to it. I'm used to it. But it, it's a great place to visit any time of year. And, and we will welcome you and be happy to show you around. I'd tell you what, though, our EPC churches take it seriously. I was at Jubilee a couple of years ago and I need Flores, who's an elder at Westminster Biomone in Puerto Rico, was there with a bunch of people from Puerto Rico, and they were having the time of their life. They were living it up. So if you can leave the, the beautiful island of Puerto Rico in February and come to Pittsburgh and have a great time, that speaks a volume. Uh, Jen, in closing, could, how if people wanted to come to the conference or learn more, where would they go? How would they do that? Yeah, jubileeconference.com is the website. You are also hearing from Darren, so just to say exactly where to go, if you want to come for Jubilee Professional, which is, uh, that's an additional pre-conference on Friday, 
that's jubileeprofessional.com. So there's two different websites there. And I know that the website here at the EPC will have both links available for you. So jubileeprofessional.com, if you want to come um, to both what Darren Grove was talking about with you on that podcast, as well as the the whole weekend of Jubilee, you check out both of those. Is there a link on there, Jen, that will take them back to the CCO's main site? So if they want to learn more about the CCO, they could do that? Yeah, I think we're going to have that up too. But um, ccojubilee.org is our website. So okay. if you Google it, you'll find us and we'll put links on the website for sure. Terrific. Well, thank you both for joining us today. Great to be with you. I'm grateful to have you advocate for this amazing ministry and conference and hoping a lot of our EPC folks will be listening in, will be praying, evaluating, maybe some even making the decision to travel. Uh, I, I know that they won't be disappointed. So thank you for your time today. Thank Thanks. you, Dean. All right. Well, my friends, that brings us to the close of another conversation. I hope you found it helpful. And, uh, and I'd love for you to pass this on. Perhaps there's someone in your church who works with young adults who maybe this would be an encouragement to them to know they're not alone and that there is an organization out there um, that we have endorsed and partner with that works with 18 to 25 year olds, particularly those in vocational training and colleges through the CCO and that this might be a blessing and encouragement to them. But as we close, as we do always with the final word, the good word from God's word, we remember that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. And for by him, all things were created. And that, of course, ties right in to what Jubilee is all about. And that's to say that everything matters, every single bit of it under his lordship and reign. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and therefore him. You see, he's before all things, my friends. And in him, that is in Jesus, all things hold together, for he is the head of the body, the church. Until the next time, my friends, I bid grace and peace to you. Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of the entire team, please join us for our next episode. For more information about the EPC, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more, visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.